You're listening to the Mashup Americans. Hey, it's Amy Choi of the Mashup Americans, and this week we're doing a little something special to celebrate the kickoff of holiday season. We're replaying one of our fan favorites, Sang Giving, featuring the wonderful and hilarious Francis Lamb, a food writer and host of The Splendid Table. We recorded this episode way back in 2017, what seems like many lifetimes and pandemics ago. And while so much has changed, so much has stayed the same. Namely, the world can be scary and hard. And our solution to that is to love each other and our families and our communities even harder. Here's Rebecca and Francis and me sharing our family's mashup Thanksgiving traditions. And to paraphrase the great Mary Oliver, our sheer delight and gratitude for being alive, especially when we have each other. Here goes. I'm Rebecca Lair. And I'm Amy Choi. And we are the Mashup Americans, where kimchi and tortillas at Thanksgiving dinner is totally normal. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Shouldn't kimchi and tortillas be at every meal? That is the truth. <laughs> and they are definitely at our Thanksgivings. Well, so I have a Thanksgiving question. Does it count if I outsource Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, as in my family goes to other people's houses and my job is to order bougie pies from a pie place in Brooklyn? Um, Yeah. That's actually the most American Thanksgiving you can have. Okay, okay? oh, good. Okay, it's just good. basic economics, supply and demand situation. Someone's making something really well, and you have the money to pay for it. So instead of trying to make it yourself, you buy it. Excellent, because then I don't feel like I'm going insane and I feel super American. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving, Rebecca? Okay, so you know I love a prayer. But this is my only regularly celebrated holiday where there's just no prayer because it's not a Jewish holiday. And most of the holidays that I celebrate are Jewish. Like, I love participating in other people's holidays, but this one isn't Jewish and it's also mine. And the cool thing, right, is that it's also yours. Yeah. I mean, growing up, my family celebrated Christmas and Easter and Fourth of July, but we still always had Korean food. Like our 4th of July barbecues, which we had a barbecue, but it was all like pulgogi and kalbi. Whereas Thanksgiving, even though we had kimchi and white rice and panchan on the table, we always had turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce out of the can with like the little ridges. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know there was another kind of cranberry sauce. I I think there's something interesting (laughs) about the sort of performativeness of Thanksgiving, like performing American for so many mashups. It's... It's not in a bad way. You're not performing it externally, right? Right. It's only at your house. This is so exciting. This is American tradition. What is it? I saw on a TV show. There's a turkey. Something orange. There's cranberry stuff. There's stuffing. (laughs) And so, like, you're like, well, I guess I'll buy the box of stovetop stuffing. BT dubs. I still love that stovetop stuffing. It's science. It's it's so good. (laughs) They, They crack the code. Like, I love that Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where you can remake or redefine it every year and you can even redefine like who sits around your thanksgiving table like there's not like a friend's christmas or like a friend's passover but you definitely have friendsgiving i spent many years across the country for my family. They were in Los Angeles and I was in New York and on the East Coast. So I got this opportunity to kind of tour all of my friends' American Thanksgivings. And they were all sort of different, whether it was going to the suburbs of Chicago to my best friend Mega's Indian family's Thanksgiving or Catholic friends in upstate New York. I got to see the kind of Venn diagram of Americanness 
all of which started at 3 p.m. All dinner started at 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is one holiday that we all do share, even though it has different presentations. And that is incredibly powerful. It's ours. If you need a little Thanksgiving cooking inspiration, head to our site, mashupamericans.com. We have so many recipes on there, including Paige's Chinatown soy glazed turkey, Nishta's bourbon pecan pie, Freya and Natasha's cornbread sticky rice stuffing with sausage and sriracha, and even some ideas for leftovers. Turkey congee, anybody? Get it all at mashupamericans.com. There's one other Thanksgiving table I want to just take a little peek at, or maybe taste from. It belongs to our friend, Francis Lamb. Francis is a cookbook editor. He's the host of The Splendid Table, the iconic food and cooking show on public radio. Um, we couldn't wait to hear what flavors Francis has on his Thanksgiving table. But first, we had to find out, how does this food dude mash up? I am a Chinese-American, New Jerseyan, new father, writer, editor, and talker. Good hyphens. Um, what do you do for Thanksgiving that your parents never did? You know, I will actually eat turkey. It's not my favorite part of the holiday. It's not the thing that I feel like that's what I got to have. But my parents would just never eat turkey. They're like, why would you do that? Why would you torture yourself? There's no point. Um, but I'm like, I'm cool. I'm down with the turkey. But I like sous vide my turkey, which is kind of like annoying and... <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not Hong Kong Chinese, but having spent a fair amount of time in Hong Kong, I can see why your mom would be like, no way. Why would we do all this when you can get a duck? <laughs> yeah, um, I need a duck. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what dish makes Thanksgiving Thanksgiving for you? You know, I don't have that dish. For me, Thanksgiving really is about the day. You know, obviously growing up, like we had Thanksgiving in my family, but but it never felt like a special or different day on the table, at the table together. Um, the memories that I have from a Thanksgiving dinner in the sort of quote-unquote traditional American way are ones that I've always spent with, you know, friends in college if I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. Oh, you know, I had, mm-hmm. I've had lots and lots of Friendsgivings. And if friends were just kind of sticking around and, you know, one of them was going to bake their insanely boozy, all get drunk in three bites, um, Jack right. Daniels chocolate pie or whatever. Like Wait, that is about that. so not a mashup thing, right? <laughs> that and like bread pudding. No, bread pudding is super mashup because you know what it is? It's like, we can't throw anything out. Yes, <laughs> that's actually, thank you. Very good point. Did that um, kind of experiencing Thanksgiving at the tables of so many different people? Like, did that give you a different experience of, like, the Americanness of the holiday? I use them, I just made air quotes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it did in that there's a form, right? And we all understand the form. Lots of starch, lots of pureed starches, right. <laughs> lots of overcooked vegetables. Every, you can eat Thanksgiving with no teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not ageist. You know, like every age from newborn to, you know, to very old can enjoy the Thanksgiving meal. And, you know, and there's a big old honking, dumb, dry bird in the middle. Um, but even within that form, it was always amazing to me to go to people's homes and see how individual it still was, mm-hmm. right? It's this idea of... Um, you know, to your point of like, oh, we make culture every day. But culture is funny because culture is like a conglomeration of ideas that sort of average out into this thing that we call the culture. But mm-hmm. every living person in that culture interprets it and realizes it in a different way. Right. right? So um, like, you know, I might go to a friend's home and like their huge thing was the stuffing. 
And like all right. everyone really cared about was the stuffing in that home. And then another friend's home was like, no one really likes the turkey, but we all love the dark meat. So like they'd go and roast like four extra turkey legs, you know, right. like, you know, and it was always fun to see how people would make the holiday traditions their own. And of course, then you go into people's homes where, you know, they might be sort of more connected to a culture from an origin country or something like that. And, you know, then you start seeing like the ginger scallion sauce on the table or, right. you know, or like I might bring the ginger scallion sauce and people would be like, that's weird next to the gravy. And next thing you'll be like, can I take the rest of the bottle? Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Duh, that's the only thing that salvages the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> that is the ginger scallion sauce. Well, so we wanted to do a little show and tell. Today we have each brought something from Thanksgiving past and present to share in the studio. And it's a beautiful array. As you might imagine, none of it has green or any fresh vegetables <laughs> connected to no. it. Um but, you know, first, let's ask you, Francis, what did you bring to represent your uh, Thanksgiving past? Well, I did bring that little beautiful tin mm-hmm. that it, came out of my spice cabinet. I'm just going to read it for you guys. It says, gourmet powder. Francis's <laughs> note on the top, in case the gourmet powder wasn't clear enough, says, the good stuff. So this is a little tin of MSG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm taking s- shots of it right now. Yeah. We actually don't use MSG in my home that much, but we ate Chinese food growing up on Thanksgiving. Even when we started getting to incorporating more um, things like the turkey and things like stuffing, the meal would still be fundamentally, like structurally Chinese. We always had a bowl of white rice for everyone. There'd still be like stir-fried vegetables. So if I'm going to my aunt and uncle's house, usually like, you know, the spread is still like tons and tons of Chinese food that they'll order in from a local restaurant and they'll still roast the turkey. You said your your parents weren't that into turkey. When did it become a part of your life, your fa- the <laughs> lamb family tradition? Well, OK, so I'm the firstborn. I was born and raised in the United States. My parents came here in the early 70s. You know, they weren't raised with this tradition. And I was raised going to school with kids who were, you know, and we were one of the only, if not the only Chinese or even Asian family in like that I knew of, certainly in my school when I was growing up. And so I always felt pretty self-conscious about it. I was mm. different. I was weird. Um, you know, I got ching chong a lot. Yeah, I had friends and stuff. But like, I remember thinking, man, I wish we would eat the food that everyone else ate. So every year, I would, you know, for Thanksgiving, I would ask my mom, "Can we have turkey? Can we have turkey? Can we have turkey?" And she's like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we can eat a chicken. Chicken's pretty delicious. Yeah. We can eat duck. Duck is really delicious. But like, it gets less delicious. You know, the more you get towards turkey. You know, like, there might be a whole array of birds we would do. We're Chinese. We'll eat anything that like moves, right? But like, but turkey, we might draw the line. You yeah. know? Like, but I would beg and plead, beg and plead, beg and plead. And finally, one year, my mom said, "Hey, I got turkey." And I was like, "Oh." <gasps> She did it. She understands me and my American. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. You know. I'm gonna be like the other kids now. (laughs) And she opens up the oven. You know, set on warm. So she's pulling out all the food and like there's rice and there's the vegetables and like it's looking suspiciously like another Chinese dinner. (laughs) And then she pulls out this platter and she's like, "Here's your turkey." And she went to the supermarket to the deli counter. (laughs) <laughs> and bought like a half pound of sliced turkey. I love that so much. I just and warmed and the, it up for uh, me. I, I'm nodding my head. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but like what I'm trying to figure out is was Mama Lamb like 
gotcha. <laughs> no way. Mama Lamb was like, this is tricky. I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. I'll just get a quarter pound of it. I don't need to get a whole thing. I got to cook it. This is great. And, you know, in a funny way, like, that's sort of what America was about. For yeah. them, right? Like they came to America for economic opportunity. They came to America for bounty. They came to America and walked into stores where you can get literally any food you want. Yeah. And that's amazing. And like, somebody else is... will slice it and package it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do any work. You just go to the deli counter. You know, so in a, in a really sort of profound and poignant way, like as ridiculous, and I love telling that story because it's hilarious. It's the yeah. best. It's like such a, it's such a my mama's from somewhere else story. <laughs> but. You know, later on, I started to realize, like, no, there actually is, like, that really was what America was to them, yeah. as well as to me. Yeah. You know? you know, the other thing I brought was uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Also very traditional Thanksgiving food. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, I loved going to Pizza Hut when I was a kid. And back then, Pizza Hut actually had, like, spaghetti and meatballs. Mm. And, that was a sit-down restaurant. Yeah, and boy, I love Pizza Hut spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> so we went on vacation, and my mom bought a takeout container of spaghetti and meatballs, Brought it on the plane, got to where we were staying, heat up the oven, and dropped it on the table for me. And I was like, Turkey, Turkey, we're, we're not even at home with this game. What kind of animals are we? <laughs> Spaghetti meatballs. <laughs> Everything is okay. Um, yeah. Your Wait mom up. is so smart. Yeah, mom, mom had survival tactics. <laughs> well, you guys, how many airplane flights where there are a lot of mashups flying are full of food that will be reheated at the next location. No because doubt. I mean, when I go to El Salvador and come back from visiting family, all of the compartments on the top mm-hmm. are filled with pollo campero. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, my God. I was just going to say, oh, my God, there's this amazing chicken chain that opened in Queens. <laughs> the Salvadoran one? Yeah. Because pollo campero. Actually, the other day I was flying, when I was flying back, the flight attendant, as if there's an airline rule about the chicken, <laughs> that's how many people are bringing the chicken. She's like, you need to put your chicken below the seat. <laughs> In fact, because, you know, it, it, it drips and it takes up too much space. I'm like, that's actually true, but I'm sure that's not an official airline rule. All right. Well, yeah. so, Rebecca, what did you bring for show and tell? Well, to represent my past, I brought um, marshmallows. Um, <laughs> it's because, again, in this idea of like what American food was, it felt like we were learning it a little bit from TV, like maybe from Mr. Belvedere, although he wasn't American. Um, <laughs> sweet potatoes with... Uh, marshmallows melted on top, mm-hmm. which was not at all anything in my family would ever, ever eat. But it is so delicious. And I would eat it at other people's houses when I was going to other sort of white American friends' homes for, for Thanksgiving. And so it still really represents it to me. And I have pushed my family to now start integrating it into our food. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. But I also see in our show and tell we have like a, a $20 baguette and like a $40 butter. Uh, so I am married to an incredible man and his family who are not not Jews, let's just say. <laughs> and they also are foodies. Those are two separate things. But those are two truths about them. But somehow, <laughs> they are very often prosciutto and butter infused turkey things. So it'll be like, let okay, this Can one. Can get some like shellfish You take in there? the, yeah, it's just like, the trafe trifecta. <laughs> that is exactly right. So it's like, first of all, the Thanksgiving wasn't at my parents' house. So <laughs> right. let's start there. And everybody knows prosciutto is delicious. So absolutely, it's an American, it's not a Jewish holiday. Everybody can eat pork. Yeah, so that's it. That's how I have integrated my, my there's part of my mashup represented. What about you, Amy? What'd you bring? Um, I brought 
white rice because Thanksgiving past, present, or really even current, I would say there's still some form of rice product on the table. They'll probably not just plain steamed white rice, which is what we had growing up, because 80% of the food that we ate was Korean. It was only like outward facing meals in which I ate American food. So like I would have like soup for breakfast or with like a little bit of rice, like a very traditional Korean breakfast. And then dinner was always Korean food. But like I would get like Oscar Mayer sandwiches for lunch, like at like in front of white people. Sure. But like all the food that wasn't Korean was all like terrible. It was like Chef Boyardee. <laughs> it was our big treats were like on Sundays we would get Subway sandwiches and chips. Because, like, that was Sunday. Di- it was also delicious. I'm yeah, just gonna I'm say sorry. <laughs> you know? And don't be like, you can only have a, you know, six-inch one. I'm like, no, no I need I a foot long. long. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So for my um, Thanksgiving past, I have, and current, I have white rice. And um, we have a, a bag, because this is how they come, of instant buttered mashed potatoes. (laughs) We didn't know how to make mashed potatoes. We didn't eat potatoes, so, like, we had to eat it from the bag. And also, we had to have mashed potatoes because that's what people do on Thanksgiving. Yep. So it's all just, like, very white, mushy food, as we discussed. Thanksgiving is for for everybody. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Um, We have talked a lot about the food. I would like to know, like, what are you grateful for this year? Oh, man. Um, You know, like I mentioned before, I'm I'm a pretty new parent um, and still getting a hang of the whole parenting thing but one of one of the things that means to me is you know it's weird to be in such uh, an unsettled time and it's really weird to be in a time where it does feel like every day you're hearing news that um, you know the country is irrevocably divided or um yeah, just how awful or scared or just freaked out I feel. I also know that every single night when I get home and I open the door and I hear her go, Baba, Baba, and she mm-hmm. runs over to me, like there is no purer joy. Except maybe sitting down and watching her shove food in her face. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the more pure joy. So I am thoroughly grateful for my daughter, for my wife, um, be such an incredible partner, an incredible parenting partner. Um, yeah, it's one of these moments where like the world feels so big and scary that the things closest to us feel so much more important. I'm ever more grateful for th- those people. Well, I'm crying, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> While the days of crying have not changed, and neither has our gratitude for family, food, and community when the world feels big and scary. Thank you to Francis Lamb of Splendid Table for sharing his family's mashy Thanksgiving traditions and reminding us that nothing is more important than love or MSG. Happy holidays to all and catch you with another fun surprise this holiday week. Love you. This podcast is a production of the Mashup Americans. It is executive produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lair. Senior editor and producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Thanks to DJ Rob Swift for our theme song, Salsa Scratch. Additional engineering support by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Thank you to Lizzie Jacobs, American Public Media, and Southern California Public Radio, who produced the original segment we played today. <laughs>